0: This is Aron You're listening to another wrestling podcast. It's time for uh, another
1: wrestling podcast.
0: Are you to so beat the man? You have to beat the man. The champ. Mania
2: you. For the benefit of those with flash photography.
0: Would you please shut the hell up? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That was what was best for business. Oh, what a dig that sucker. And that's the bottom line for Kostoko Zetsa. Have a nice day with your hosts, Steve Credo and Jonathan Benjamin.
1: Right, all right, all right. Welcome to another wrestling podcast, episode 50. I'm Steve Credo, and I'm Jonathan Benjamin. Jonathan, can you believe we made it to the Big 5 0?
3: It's crazy. It seems like yesterday we were just one. <laughs>
1: It's right, Jonathan. It's been an amazing 50 shows. Uh, Thanks for everyone out there for tuning in, supporting us. Uh, Jonathan, thanks for being on the other end of uh, the the microphone to where I can actually talk to somebody about wrestling.
3: Well, uh, thanks for being on the other end as well. Um, (laughs) And we have a special treat for not only us, but for all of you as well today. What better way to celebrate number 50 than having the Iron Sheik Himself, do not adjust your listening device. We we did say the Iron Sheik is going to be in the studio today.
1: That's right. We're also going to be talking to Jean Megan, one of the producers of the new documentary, uh, the Sheik. Uh, that's pretty much out everywhere right now, guys. So it's an, um, going to be an amazing show. Uh, we're going to have the Sheik joining us shortly. Uh, you know, and we'll talk a little bit about his documentary and uh, a little bit about pro wrestling in his life. Well, before
3: we get to that, Steve, uh, we have this new hotline that we've been pushing for the past couple of weeks. We got some amazing calls, so let's check that out before we talk to The Sheik.
2: Hey, this
0: is Big Mike from Brooklyn, New York. Love uh, another wrestling podcast. Um, You guys spit the truth. You guys are awesome. And just know that you guys, are the people show and you guys do what you do and you do it very well all right you guys are great good night
2: hi guys it's Teresa. i just wanted to congratulate you on your 50th episode that's a big milestone and i'm excited for the next 50 episodes and beyond you guys deliver awesome content and your guests are super exciting to listen to i'm pretty proud of how far you guys come and keep up the awesome work
1: Hey, what's going on, Jonathan, Steve? uh, It's Joe Bruin here with the New England Fan Fest. Just wanted to wish you guys a happy 50th episode. It's a milestone for you guys, and it's been a great ride, and obviously a long way coming. So uh, many more episodes to come, many more guests to come, and obviously we'll see you at New England Fan Fest. But once again, congrats. It's 50 episodes. It's a big deal. It's another wrestling podcast. Hey, this is Amy from Jersey,
2: actually calling from the parking lot of a mall. I know, shocker, uh, being from Jersey and all. But I just wanted to call and wish Credo and Jonathan a happy 50th episode of another wrestling podcast. I love you guys. I don't get to see you enough, so it's a good way to keep in touch with you guys. I can't wait to hear who you guys have next for the next 50 episodes. Congratulations. Bye. What's going on, guys? This is Amy
1: DeCooter, social assassin of the Mark, Calling. Say what's up, uh,
2: Credo and JP! Uh, congratulations, fifty episodes of another wrestling podcast. Fantastic! Congratulations, you guys got a
0: great thing going on. Good show, great comeback, great get. Keep it up, guys! Looking forward to what you have to bring to the future.
1: Later. All right, well, guys, thanks for calling in. Uh, be sure to keep those calls coming, as we will pick the best ones each week. And guys, if you don't know the number by now, you should know it. It's 802-AWP 7672. That's 802-297- 7672. Guys, give us a call. Talk to us, right? That's right, Steve. Now, what you should do whenever you
3: call this hotline is you can tell us anything you want about wrestling. Maybe you have suggestions, comments, you want to give us questions to ask future guests. Have at it have fun with it, and like Steve said, we will play the best each week, so it's really worth it for all of you, because then you can be famous by proxy
1: there you go because we ask you guys each and every week to tweet us at a wrestling pod that's a wrestling pod or facebook us on facebook.com slash another wrestling podcast Uh, but if you can't do that like you said you got that hotline right there for you guys to call so give us a call so make your voice heard to the millions and, and millions. And that's not very enthusiastic, Jonathan, for episode 50, man. I'm going to do it again. For the millions and millions of it, podcast listeners. Uh well, I didn't really know how to end that, but that, that's pretty good enough, Jonathan, right? Anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. Guys, head there right now. We're on a lot of we're on a lot of media, a lot of social media, a lot of different uh, streaming services, so like us, follow us, subscribe to us, leave some comments, and join the show.
3: Well, I would love to let you just keep rambling on and on and on, but the man, the myth, the legend, the Iron Sheik has just walked in, so we have to talk to him.
1: We're not worthy. We're not worthy. I thought you were going to get on your knees too, Jonathan, and say we're not worthy? No. Okay. Nope. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Joining us today is one half of the Megan Boys, John Megan, along with a man who is number one in everything he ever did. From his days in Iran till today, he personifies what hard work and dedication is. He was an amateur champ, a WWE champion, a WWE Hall of Famer, a Twitter champ, and now a box office champion. He is also a number one grandfather. Be careful what you say to him because he will break your back and make you humble. It is our honor to have on the one and only the Iron Sheik.
0: Thank you, sir, Thank you. Thank you, guys. Called me and want to talk to me, and I have to. Uh, I'm very happy about that.
1: Yes. Well, thanks a lot, Sheik. Uh, So your documentary, The Sheik, the unfiltered and shockingly entertaining story about the Iron Sheik, was released last month and is now available all over iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, and coming out later in the year, a DVD, which will have many bonus features. Uh, I personally just caught it on Netflix, and it's possibly one of my favorite documentaries I've ever seen. And it's also being considered uh one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time. Now Sheik, when they asked you to do a documentary on your life, did you think that it would it would be so successful?
0: Well uh that was did a great job Jake and Mike and Megan and Boys, two brothers there uh, uh, and um the father know me from Iran and here, and they did an excellent job. Uh, anybody, a lot of people call me, The the it. That's true story. And I'm very happy to our two brothers. They did an excellent job for the true story about Arun Sheikh.
3: Now, Jian, uh, what, what inspired you guys to do this film?
2: Um, well, uh, like you said, our, our father was best friends with him growing up in Iran. Um, and so, we, you know, we grew up with this guy in our family, um, you know, coming to dinners, you know, four times a year, you know, during the 80s, wrestling was seriously a hot thing at in, in Toronto and Maple Leaf Gardens. And um, after the shows, uh, all the heels would come back to our house with the Sheik, and my mom would cook for like a week for all the wrestlers. And so we've known this guy. We have a very rich history. And, you know, we, we had known the real history about him You know, in his in his life in Iran, and we we said like this is a real crazy story, so let's let's get our buddies together, a couple guys we knew had cameras, and let's film a documentary. And it started in 2006, and um, never in my wildest dreams would I, you know, um, ever think that I'd be on a podcast with you guys, you know, nine years later, and. Um, you're saying it's one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time like that's nut. not
3: well now Mr. Sheik in the documentary we learned a lot about your life uh, from growing up in Iran to joining the army and even being the Shah's personal bodyguard after all that what led you to being in the world of professional wrestling
0: well uh, I come to the Minnesota uh, from Iran and Olympic coach Mr. Alan Rice uh, from Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Mr. Alan Rice was an uh, Olympic coach, 1972 in Germany. Um, Any time before that, from 1960. 9 to 70, 71, I went to the Munich Olympic with Mr. Allen Rice, come back. And then I tell Mr. Allen Rice, I'm interested to, uh, after three times I come all-American chaplain, I said, uh, I wish someday you take me to the Mr. Ghania uh, office to introduce to me. Uh, and I want to be professional wrestler. So I turned pro in the in the Minnesota, uh, 1974. Uh, Greg Gregoria and Rick Flair, uh, Campechera, myself, and uh, Jim Brunzell. We started in Minnesota. Because uh, I was uh, already had a name three times All American champion, and then uh, I just want to come pro to uh, make a better living. And uh, like I said, anytime I come pro, God bless him, my coach, which is passed away last week, and Mr. Gania take me to the television station, introduce to me. So and then. I said, after I many years of wrestling in Iran and America, now I want to be professional. That's why I started in Minnesota. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, uh, Sheik, you mentioned uh, you were broken into the business by the late, great Vern Ganya and trained under uh, Billy Rob- Robinson uh, in the same class as Ric Flair. You, you also helped train a bunch of wrestlers, including Ricky Steamboat. Uh, did you enjoy teaching others the art of pro wrestling when you were young?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, I grew up with the toughest sport in the EU uh, Olympic, record Roman and freestyle wrestling. And wrestling in Iran is a national sport. Uh, and uh, Mr. Daniel had a camp, and then uh, Ricky Stimbo, uh, Bok half. And Jen Nelson, some other lot of wrestlers, and they come over, I train them, and I press myself, I was assistant coach for Mr. Iron Rice. So I wrestling, I grew up with wrestling all my life. So that's true story. And my coach, head coach was Mr. Gania and Billy Robinson, and we all had a camp over there in Minneapolis,
1: Minnesota. Okay.
3: Now, Gian, did you guys have any challenges with, uh, finding people to be involved with this project? Maybe, um, you know, there's a lot of great legends in there. Was it pretty easy to get people to talk about the Sheik or was it kind of difficult for you guys to find people?
2: Um, you know, there were definitely some people who, you know, just due to the schedules and, you know, whatever other restrictions in life that maybe, uh, couldn't do it and it's gone too bad, but, uh. You know, in the end, I think we got the right interviews to tell a very unique story, you know, from a unique perspective of, you know, there's so many great wrestling stars there, but, you know, I think the ones we got were good for the for the actual film. And, uh, you know, we can't uh, thank the guys enough who stepped up, you know, guys like Jake Roberts had a huge part in it. And um, obviously, you know, Jim Ross, who's been so instrumental in, you know, putting us over and in giving us credibility like no other um you know he just uh you know he's the voice of wrestling and so he he jumped on it, he was instantly in, said yes, and then uh, obviously the big the biggest one that we um that we got that uh you know completely blew us away was obviously having the rock in, in the film
1: absolutely now, now how
2: did you guys get the rock so we thought you know the only one guy that could literally you know, take this movie from being like, you know, a good movie to like something extra special. You know, we said like, it's the rock. And so I asked Sheik, I said, Sheik, like, what's your relationship with the rock? I just never really asked him. And, you know, and he said that, you know, his wife used to babysit the rock when, when Rocky Johnson and Sheik were on the road in the seventies and eighties. And we had no idea that there was that relationship. And so, we we had gotten the contact of The Rock's manager, Brad Slater. Uh, we asked, you know, for an interview. The guy said, hang on a second, let me ask. Uh, Rock calls back, like, the same day, says, you know what? Rock will do anything for Sheik. He loves the man. Can you guys be in Florida in the next three days? And we were like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we... Packed our bags. We get to we get to the studio to do our interview with The Rock. We have like a whole pile of media waiting for him, and um, we were up. And uh, Rock comes in the room, and you know we were told we only had you know five minutes with The Rock, um, and uh, that's what we were told. So we packed in as many questions as we could, and we get there, and Rock was so generous, and he you know he basically said uh, I know they told you five minutes, but I'll do whatever you need for Shiki Baby.
1: Oh, nice. And Chico, what did you think about The Rock using, uh, you know, one of your classic uh, sayings, Jabroni, all these years? And uh, what did you think about that?
0: Well, Rock himself is a great performer, movie, wrestling, everything. Uh, and um, But The Rock is very honest man because it's exactly true. He learned Jabroni from I Sheikh. That's why I respect the man, and and he know what he's talking. But Rock himself is great, and I want to tell and thank you. He did an interview for me, and, and about my documentary. Uh, him and his mother, father, good good people. Uh, and but he's I respect him because he was an honest man. Uh, he was young. I used to travel with him, the Ronde on a sport and, and, I, and I like him very much. I try to share my wrestling experience to him uh, and then he learned from running from uh, other sheep that way respect him to tell and everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, I had she- no idea. I had no idea about that either. <laughs> you know, that was just something that came up and wow. and... You know, for us, you know, we couldn't believe it. Like that as we're going along, we're learning all these awesome tidbits about the Sheikh. That's that's uh
3: that's I mean, that's what makes this documentary so great, is just because there's a lot of unexpected things that you like you guys uncovered that probably wouldn't have been found out if you guys hadn't done this. So um now Mr. Sheik, when you first arrived in the WWF after leaving the AWA, you're wrestling people like Bruno San Martino. Chief Jay Strongbow, Bob Backlund, were you happy to be wrestling some of the best talent in the world at that time?
0: Uh, absolutely. Excellent question, because you're a very intelligent man yourself. You know, number one company in the world is uh, WWE, uh, and was uh, for me, big and a big you. I come from Minnesota, which is my number one coach, was a uh, professional, and uh, Mr. Ghania, God bless you, so, and, and, he, and I come to the Big Apple, and I saw Bruno Sammartino, like you said, Jeff, a boy, and a lot of great talent, and the best promoter in the world, Mr. Ghania, and Mr. Uh, Mr. Winswick, between father and son, everything. There was a uh, uh, Com- completely different territory for me and it was the number one territory in the world for me to be over the single uh, the, uh, the tag team champion with Nikola, single, single champion uh, with Mr. Bob Backlund and then the Mother Royal uh, it was the uh, biggest pleasure for me biggest honor for me in the world to be WWE champion
1: sure Uh, Now, uh, uh, Sheikah, Bob Backlund was one of your greatest opponents, uh, and you even beat him for the championship. Was this one of the best moments of your career?
0: Uh, absolutely, that was the uh, uh, most biggest night for me in the world because uh, Mr. Bob Barker, six years, nobody been in. I've been in the most famous arena in the world. my came out of some garden. That was the biggest night for me because uh, after all many years, I worked hard for uh, amateur, professional I mean amateur. And then professional and coast to coast or around the world, and finally I made it to the, the big apple WWE to be champion. It's not easy. It's a lot of hard working, lot of uh, lot of the. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, very very hard working, and uh, it was not easy for me. Nice, and, uh, and and that night was the biggest night for me uh, in the world.
3: Now. After you won the title, you lost it to Hulk Hogan after only four weeks, something we don't think you get enough credit for is that you basically created Hulkamania. Um, but were you ever disappointed that you didn't get to hold the championship longer?
0: Well, I, I, well you already know enough. Excellent. That's true story, but, um, but I'm just um, uh, whatever my boss wants, and uh, I mean, absolutely. I was not happy to only uh, one time I wrestling with him, and uh, everybody know without Arashik, without the uh, Mister Vince Kennedy McMahon, no Hulkmania. WWE and Arashik make the Hulk Hogan to be Hulkmania. Without Mister McMahon, without chic, no Hulkmania. But uh, still, I was happy because my boss, Mister McMahon, did. Uh, Got a good team for me. I don't want to refuse whatever he said.
1: Sure. Uh, now, Shiki, you also you, you made a lot of history while you were in the WWE. Uh, you were part of the historic first WrestleMania, and along with Nikolai Volkov, you won the tag team championships. Uh, what was that experience like? Uh, just you know, being at WrestleMania for you.
0: It was uh, the biggest pleasure for me and uh, Nikolai and I with Tondo and windham uh, and we part of number one, number two, number three, and also and the biggest, the uh, most biggest one was a silver gun, Pontiac, Moshigan, 93,000 people, uh, and Nicola Anavi was attacking against uh, the uh, killer with uh, Jim Brunzeller, and... Uh, uh, Brown Blair, and uh, 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 that day was a uh, uh, nobody sold off, silver with them, out Michigan, Exam, WWE. All right.
3: Now, Gian, um, we also understand that she got you guys into the wrestling business when you were young, is that right?
2: Yes, yeah, so we were, um, party promoters in high school, and we, uh, kind of. We're drawing big, big crowds for people because my brother and I were DJs, and um, we had reconnected with the Sheik after um, like a long time. He was dressing at an independent show in Toronto, and when we got there, there was like, you know, 70 people or something, and you know, we were drawing three, four hundred people every week, you know, to come to our parties. So we thought of this idea to put on wrestling show where I would wrestle my twin brother and we would have the Sheik as a special guest referee. And it was just a really cool thing. And it put us, uh, put us over real huge and we got to reconnect with the Sheik and we ended up creating a bit of a wrestling business with it and doing shows all across Canada. Wow.
1: Nice. <laughs> well, so all these things came together with you and the Sheik through the years and you know with this whole documentary being out I mean, we we learned a lot just by watching it and uh, it, it's great to, to see a lot of this happen and unfold and uh, you, you, both of you guys, you know, you have a great history together too.
2: Yeah, I know, we're real fortunate, you know like I'm really just a lucky lucky human being. And it just happened to be that my father grew up in Iran, you know, mm-hmm. with the Iron Sheik and, you know, so I, I inherited a a huge blessing and, you know, it's been nothing but great times. And, you know, there's been some rocky, crazy times, <laughs> uh, you know, everyone can imagine and you've, see, you've seen it online and, you know, it's almost, it's, it's almost sad at this point, but there's like a new sheet coming this way. And it's like a, you know, just like a, more of like a, still a badass and a, and a trash talker, but he's more like the Godfather sheet, you know?
1: Sure, definitely.
3: Sheik, you're also be- known because you were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2005. Is that the ultimate honor uh, for you as a professional wrestler?
0: That was the biggest honor for me. Like I said, it's not easy, it's not easy to be WWE Hall of Fame. I still, I'm happy Mr. McMahon, great promoter, her daughter, son-in-law. Uh, and then um, and H uh, and Mrs. Linda McMahon all of them great people and they're great to me. I cannot forget as long as I leave uh, Mr. McMahon and his family and also for my documentary uh, Gian, Pajwan, Megan and a father, mother even Gian's wife tell every anytime I come to the Toronto uh, and she's a beautiful person, and <laughs> every whole family, they, they take care of me, and also, you forgot to say, also, also, I was Canadian, having a chaplain in the Maybelline Garden, That's right. uh, Abidangelo Moscow. Where Where are you guys? Where are you guys based out
1: of? We're in uh, Poughkeepsie, New York. We like to call it uh, the capital of uh, pro wrestling because you guys did a lot of stuff in the '80s at the Mid Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie. Uh, you filmed, you know, classic videos like the Land of a Thousand Dances up here. Uh, you guys used to, you know, wrestle all the time in Poughkeepsie, New York.
0: Poughkeepsie, New York, of course. I never forgot as long as I live Poughkeepsie, New York, and we come over there. Make our television tape. Yeah. TV tape, yep. Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie, New York, yes sir. And then next day we go uh, uh Albany, I mean, Poughkeepsie, and another one after Poughkeepsie was uh, uh, Albany and. Maybe Glens Falls, Albany, New York. You know, yeah
1: all over New York. You've had a resurgence on social media uh, by the Megan Brothers uh, from YouTube to your Twitter account, your roasts. Uh, How does it feel to be back on top where you belong?
0: Like I said, um, that uh, uh, twin brother, Megan Brothers, is young, and did a great job for me. And and, uh, I'm very happy. And and, um, I mean... I don't know how much I have to tell him. I appreciate it. Thanks for the, for me. And, and God bless you. But, no, but Sheik, you. but, Sheik, you know what he's asking?
2: He wants to know. I, he, I don't even know, guys. I, you know what? Sheik doesn't even know how big he's begotten.
0: Mm-hmm. You know yeah.
2: that? He really, he, I, it's like I, tr- I keep trying to explain to him, but, you know, because he's he's already have the 100,000 fans in an arena chant his name already you know so Mm -hmm. he you know it's been embedded in his head but but i think he's bigger now than he's ever been in his life
1: definitely definitely
2: and so i don't think he realizes that like he doesn't realize how many people he's reached with like the videos and the documentary and i think it's just really cool he's like the last of like a you know just a classic good old-fashioned hard-working iranian entertainer (laughs)
1: that's right
3: now, Mr. Sheik, you've even landed on Howard Stern uh, a bunch of times. Um, tell us a little bit about you and Howard. You're pretty much a cornerstone on their show now, right?
0: Yeah, I was sort uh, of show was good uh, and I've well done show, and he took him he as Goodman also and um uh, I mean, uh, I don't have to say anything anymore. He was great, the uh, show and uh, entertainment Everything good. How about the show? Nice man, and he take care me anytime I go to show. And he's a good man too.
1: Now, uh, Sheik, uh, if MMA, mixed martial arts, if MMA were around when you were in your prime, how would the Sheik fare against the likes of Brock Lesnar or CM Punk?
0: My young days, I, uh, I mean, they cannot handle me. No different
3: situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now, I, I think about when I think the iron cheek, I think about just an a amazing athlete, a, a butt kicker, and I think about that amazing mustache that you have. Um, in your opinion, does anyone else have a great mustache, or do you have the number one mustache?
0: I just uh leave it to the people to decide. I mean uh, uh I, mean, I I think I think what they're asking you,
2: Sheikh, is who had a better mustache, you or Hogan? <laughs> of
0: course I was <Aaron> Sheikh.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> thank you so much, Sheik, for being one of the thank you so much for being one of the nicest, most humble men on the planet. Uh thanks for the Megan uh boys too f- for putting this documentary together and keeping Sheikh at number one for many years to come.
0: Exactly. Like I said, thanks again to my, my first uh, promoter, God bless you, so, and, and and his uh, son, Greg, and his three daughter, Mr. Wollongania, Mr. Alan Rice. And uh, if he was not from them, I cannot be... Um, WWE champion or run the world and God bless all my friends Minnesota and, and Mr. Gania family everybody and thank you you guys calling me you guys have a good night
1: wow Jonathan uh chic baby thanks for joining us Jean Megan thanks for joining us as well uh what great guest Jonathan for episode 50 Are We have we outdone ourselves I think we have the bar
3: has just been raised and you know, I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks, months. We've got a lot of big things coming up, one of which is the New England Fan Fest. You will be able to come and see not only me, but Steve as well. We're going to be there doing a live show, and Steve, tell them a little bit more about the Fan Fest.
1: That's right, guys. First of all, if you're online, if you're on your phone, head on over to newenglandfanfest.com. You're going to get your chance To not only meet some of the greatest wrestlers in the world, some of the greatest managers, some of the greatest women, professional wrestlers that have ever existed. Uh, We have Jim Ross who will be in attendance. Goldberg will be in attendance. The likes of Sabu will be there. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Tent... Tatanka, Uh, many... Today, Junior. (laughs) I know. I was going to say Tanaka, but it's Tatanka. Uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr., Shelly Martinez, the list goes on from Scott Hall, Jimmy Corderas. Uh, Guys, head on over to NewEnglandFanFest.com. You're going to be able to meet and greet all these stars. Friday, June 26th at the Rhode Island Convention Center, Uh, the New England Fan Fest 5 is happening, right? Yeah, the festivities begin
3: on that Friday. You're going to be able to eat dinner with some of the biggest wrestling legends. I think that the tickets for that are on sale now for $100. You will get to eat with Eric Bischoff, Jim Ross. I mean, I don't really even need to go further than that. Uh get on the website. There's so many different things. And then on Saturday is the actual Fan Fest itself. There's going to be live Q&A sessions. There's going to be bikini photo ops, not from me or Steve, but there's (laughs) going to be some lovely ladies taking um, the time out of their day in a bikini to take photos with the fans. And then the actual Hall of Fame ceremony itself, which is great because it honors a lot of local people and wrestlers that have spent their whole life uh, entertaining us, the fans. So like Steve said, get on The uh, New England Fan Fest wrestling site and check it out. Come up. Say hi to us. We're going to be doing a live show there.
1: That's right. And you said bikini photo ops. Oh, I did. With the likes of Jackie Haas, Shelly Martinez, Maria Kanellis, Ryan Shamrock, and Crystal Marshall. Guys, come on. You, you know you're going to want to go to this. We're going to it. It's where another wrestling podcast all started from. So be sure to head on over to NewEnglandFanFest.com. You'll find all the information, how to get tickets to to meet and greet some of your favorites of yesterday and today. One at every, okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, Jonathan. Well, we we just spoke to The Sheik. Uh, He was the number one at everything. But speaking of the number one, uh, let's talk about the number one prize in all the wrestling land, the WWE Heavyweight Championship. I'm just glad that we're not speaking about number two. (laughs) That's why he's there, folks, for that. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But Jonathan, we've talked about cruiserweight championships. We've talked about... uh, the Intercontinental Championship, but today, for episode 50, why not throw, uh, throw all of our knowledge into the number one championship, uh, the number one prize, uh, that everybody, that every wrestler out there works so hard to get, and that is the the coveted WWE World Heavyweight Championship, Jonathan, um, now, let's, you know, there's a lot of things to talk about this title, for example, but first off, um, where it all began. Who, who is some of your favorite champions to ever hold this coveted prize?
3: Um, That's... I mean, there's been so many people that have held this championship that are just amazing. I would be remiss if I didn't say that one of my favorites that held the WWF championship at that time were Ric Flair. Um, let's see here. You put me on the spot. You really did. Obviously... Ultimate Warrior is another one that I really enjoyed watching as as a kid that had the championship. Hulk Hogan. Um, There's a lot of people out there that really won this prize. And to be honest, back then, I feel like the, the title meant so much more. So I'm sure we'll get into that later. But those are probably three that I really, really remembered at the beginning of when I started watching wrestling. You know, Flair in 92, um, Hogan in the early '90s, and as well as Ultimate Warrior.
1: Well, since you're asking about mine, Jonathan, I know you already know. No, it. I, d- I, I didn't want to. I know, know you this. wanted to know this, so there we go, Jonathan. Great, great segue, as we call it in the biz. Uh, Brett the Hitman Heart was probably one of my favorites, Jonathan. Could you believe that? The worst there is, the hey, worst there was. cut his mic. Cut his... Oh, wait, there's nobody else except for me and you. But anyway, hey, Bret Hart. I I'll tell you what. Bret Hart definitely picked up that ball after Hogan left with it and uh, well. <laughs> definitely ran with it. Uh, Bret Hart was definitely one of my favorite champions because at that time, though, what people don't know, at that time, I was at that age to where, you know, I was really getting into wrestling and he, I really looked up to him, you know, he was really one of my heroes. Like, granted... It all started with Hulk Hogan, you know, throwing, uh, you know, becoming the world WWE heavyweight champion back in the 80s to where, you know, Hulkamania exploded. Uh, You know, WWE exploded into a whole new realm that nobody could even perceive. Uh, But at this time in the early 90s, when the Hitman won the championship, it was a whole new era. And that era was the Hitman era. But I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. But Bret Hart was definitely one of my favorites. Hulk Hogan was one of my favorites. And. The Ultimate Warrior was definitely the top three for me right there uh, of yesteryear. But uh, Jonathan, there's more. There's more knowledge out there than besides our favorites, so that's why I want to get into it a little bit. So, Jonathan, uh, who was the youngest superstar to win the WWE Championship? Do you know?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I was watching it while it happened. It was uh, he who shall not be named versus
1: Randy Orton no, at. No. No, no, Jonathan, I'm going to cut you off right there. I have to cut you off right there. I know you want to say Randy Orton, but that's not what I'm talking about. See, what people think is that Randy Orton was the youngest to win the WWE Championship, but that was the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Brock Lesnar was actually the youngest to win the WWE Championship at the age of 25, Uh, and people think that randy orton was the youngest world champion but the the youngest wwe champion was brock lesnar now guys you're thinking uh, w- w- what w- what are you talking about because later on they actually merged the world championship with the wwe championship and became the wwe world heavyweight championship so what we're getting into is that the wwe championship is far greater than the world championship. So when they finally merged, uh, you know, when when you go look back on it, people would say Randy Orton. But do you hear me, Jonathan? It I hear you. I feel like I've been tricked. I it, a little bit of duped. Uh, it's a little fun trivia fact for all you kids out there. Uh, you can you know throw it throw on your friends. Uh, I'm sure everybody's gonna call in and say, uh, well, he's technically the WWE World Heavyweight Championship then. But no, it's not because at the time when he won it. It was the World Heavyweight Championship. But anyway, Jonathan, besides my point, uh, Brock Lesnar, could you believe that he won it at the age of 25? You know, he was such a a
3: beast whenever he first got into the WWE. I was very excited to see him win it. Um, He had an amazing run. He took on Hogan, uh, Undertaker, Kurt Angle, you name it. He was a fighting champion, and... uh, you know that's what gave him so much credibility for whenever he came back to the WWE. Now, so a lot of people give him crap for only being around, but he he definitely put in his uh, his time and uh, had some hard work there in his early years. All right, Mister Question Maker, um, <laughs> do you know who the oldest hmm. WWE champion
1: was? I'm gonna. Man, I don't know. I'm going to have to go on a limb and just say Hogan because he's just old and I know he's had it, but I I don't remember. I don't know.
3: Well, brother, um,
1: you would be incorrect. Actually, in
3: 1999, for all of you kids out there uh, that are listening right now, Mr. McMahon actually pinned Triple H on that that year Uh. on SmackDown to become the WWE champion. He was also... The first man to win the WWE title while wearing dress slacks. (laughs) I hope that that is not the last time, however, that that happens.
1: That's funny. Uh, Guys, man, as we're talking about, you know, just – some things I know where someone's gonna make a point that we forgot something, but that's the point. Like we want you guys to let us know what we forgot and tell us your, what, you know, your thoughts about different things. But Jonathan, that's interesting. Uh, the the oldest champion is none other than Vinnie Mac himself. Uh, you know, hey, it's good to be the boss, right? It's good to be the king. Um, but Jonathan, uh, through the years though, there's been many different designs. Uh, you know, from one of the the original ones where they call it the Winged Eagle look, uh, where you know Hogan had that and uh, Bret Hart had that. To where you know they kind of made it a, a a bigger winged eagle. I don't know if there's another official name for that, but it was kind of like the same belt, just a little bit bigger, bigger and rounder. Um, to where they had the spinner where uh, Cena debuted, um, you know, um, and many other championships. Is there any design though that sticks out to where you look at it and you love it? I mean, like even the one they have today. Uh, where believe it or not, fun fact out there for you guys. The WWE, the belt, the medal that they had made was made right over here in Orange County, New York at the Orange County Choppers uh, over here in our near our hometown. So uh, it's a little fun fact about the WWE Heavyweight Championship that you see on TV right now.
3: Yeah, now I would say for me, if we're just going by the look of the title, I really liked the, the classic winged eagle or the world heavyweight championship after it was brought over from from WCW um i i wasn't a huge fan of the belt from the attitude era that you know stone cold and the rock and all those guys had and i definitely wasn't a big fan whenever they started to kind of make it um only about one champion like when stone cold had the smoking skull belt or there uh, there's a little known fact but the rock actually had his own title at one point, but it never debuted, and um, yeah. it's it's supposedly lost. Um, and then, you know, John Cena made the Spinner Belt, which I thought was nice. It was kind of refreshing, but then um it really just got kind of old
1: after a while (laughs) it got old fast man uh even like you know edge had his own title steve austin with the smoking skull belt i I never really liked them Uh, i kind of like what they're doing now with the newest one where they have like the side plates which is kind of cool to where they can customize it to their own logo but they don't have to change the whole belt around um i think that's unique and that's very cool um but, uh, yeah, my favorite's the winged eagle. I-, I love that classic look. I loved how, you know, I, I honestly feel like they should have never changed the belt uh, and just kept it that belt. You know, maybe a little modification here and there, but, you know, just keeping that one design. I, I Granted, I know you got changed with the times, but I don't know. I, I have that belt hanging in my room. Uh, I love it. It's signed by the Bret Hart. Did you know that, Jonathan? Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for a wise remark. No, no, I'm okay. just gonna let this love fest go on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Do you feel like they should have kept changing it through the years? I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like that one design, you know, should have just stayed. Like I don't think that. The, I mean, that classic belt. Maybe they could have made it a little bit bigger, like they did eventually. But I don't know. I feel like they changed it too much. I feel like you know, you kind of it kind of gets lost in the mix after a while when you change it too much.
3: Um, I definitely think that it should have. St- you know, I think they should just kept doing what they did, changing it up every now and then because I I think you have to change. The wrestlers changed the the entrances changed, everything got kind of bigger and more in your face and that's really what what keeps wrestling going today. So I'm I'm fine with the changing. Um I just like we mentioned I wouldn't have kept the spinner belt probably for as long as they did, but you know, what what are you going to do? Sure. Um Now I have to ask you, we were in attendance at the Hall of Fame for WrestleMania 29 where we saw Mick Foley, we saw Trish Stratus, we saw Bruno Sammartino inducted. Um, I may have just given it away, but do you know who the longest reigning WWE champion of all time is? Uh, Bruno Sammartino, baby. That is correct. Now, do you know... How many days
1: his title reign lasted? Ooh, I remember it, but I forget it. It's one of those things that you hear it and then I don't know. (laughs) Tell everybody. (laughs) I will. Two thousand
3: three (sighs) hundred and sixty-nine days, to be exact.
1: Wow, Um, I I couldn't imagine that to like today. I think the I don't know. Do you think people get bored after a while? Like two thousand days—that's a long time, man.
3: Yeah, no, that's that's crazy. I mean, especially because we had. Four hundred and thirty-four days of CM Punk, and we all kind of thought that that was a big deal. So, yeah, two a lot, a lot crazier. And and you want to talk about change? I mean, how how we all talk about how we want these long title runs, but do you think that you could literally watch somebody for two thousand three hundred and sixty-nine days? <laughs> be a champion.
1: Well, uh, yes and no. Yes, if it's somebody like this day and age, Brock Lesnar. I honestly could have watched him for, at least till next WrestleMania, I'll be the champion, honestly. Uh anybody else though, it, it really depends. Like, you know, John Cena, you know, even when he had it, I didn't want to see him hold on to it for for a long time. And uh you know, there's been other guys to where I I, I didn't mind them having the championship belts. Uh, but you know, after a while, you just get kind of get tired of it for Brock Lesnar though. I don't know for me, I'm speaking for myself, but I mean, I could have just, you know, he did not bother me as champion. I loved how he came in and was that spectacle. Uh, he didn't need to be there on every raw or whatnot. You know, it made it more prestigious in a way to where like, wow, you know, the champion could do what he wants. He comes in when he wants and wrestles when he wants and Hey, that's fine and stuff. Uh, I think we are a little, a little spoiled this day and age with, you know, the internet and the the network and you know wrestling shows on every day of the week compared to when they you know they just filmed it either once a week or once a month and then just played certain shows out. So the times have changed though Jonathan. so I think that the, the changing of the times has definitely changed uh, the way uh, people perceive uh, the champions to hold on to this uh, this strap right
3: Yeah and you know that's like six and a half years. So I mean I just can't imagine people having the attention span for that to happen so long. But um, I think that Brock was great. I think that CM Punk's run was good uh, during that time. Are there any other people that you think that you could watch that could that you would want to see like champion for a really really long time? Like right you know currently is there anybody that you think?
1: Man, currently. Um... I don't know, because I feel like, you know, to me, like I said, Brock Lesnar was that dominant guy to where, like, even today, like, he technically didn't lose at WrestleMania. He was not pinned, so, you know, it it kind of, you know, keeps that hope that uh, he will be champion again soon. But somebody to hold on to it that I would see today, I don't know, because, I mean, in my mind, Brock Lesnar is that beast, that really, you know, tough guy that's really hard to beat. Seth Rollins, who has it right now, you know, currently he's a great wrestler, but I, he's just, you know, he's somebody that I don't see him holding on to it like a Bruno San Martino or even the CM Punk right now in his career. But I can't even think of anybody, honestly, to where I'd want to see them hold on to it as much as Brock Lesnar, though. I don't know. That's just me.
3: Okay. Well,
1: <laughs> I mean,
3: you got nothing for me. I got nothing I, for you, man. <laughs> I think that definitely somebody that could keep it going for a long time would be somebody like, I'd love to see Dolph Ziggler get a longer title run. You know, he's unfortunately gotten injured a few times, but I think that he could keep the fans attention for a while. And I would say at least for a year, Dolph Ziggler could be a a champion. So Make that happen, WWE.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jonathan, as we're talking about one of the most prestigious titles in all the land, guys, I just want to remind you once again, anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. Uh, tweet us, Facebook us, let us know your thoughts on what we're talking about and tell us what we didn't talk about because, hey, you can even call a number, which I'm not going to repeat, you should know it by now, to, to let us vent your thoughts and we'll play it on the air. But Jonathan, uh, as we talk about the history, what we liked, what we didn't like, you know, all these different little factoids, um, one other little factoid that I want to read to you, which is kind of, uh, I might get you on this one. So I want to see uh, what WWE event has seen the most uh, WWE championship title changes.
3: This is either going to be so easy that I'm going to get it, or it's going to be one of those things where you think it's so easy (laughs) that you don't get it. But if I'm guessing and I am, um,
1: I'm going (laughs) to just say that it has to be WrestleMania. You're reading the cue cards, aren't you? (laughs) But no, that it's a close one though. WrestleMania actually edges out raw as the WWE event with the most WWE championship changes. Uh, that's, I mean, it's a fun fact to think about because you know, how many times has the belt changed hands? Uh, I didn't Google this, so I'm not going to read it, but you know what I mean? Just to think about it, how many times it's changed, uh, to where they're okay. There's 31 WrestleManias throughout those WrestleManias. You know, how many times have it, has it changed? Um, But it's been changed for all you people listening out there. We'll tell you, Uh, it's been won 18 times on the grandest stage of them all. Um, And as far as pay-per-views goes, Survivor Series actually trails WrestleMania with 10 WWE Championship changes. While Raw has the most for televised shows with 13 since its premiere in 1993. Uh, So just some facts for you guys right there. Uh, 18 times at WrestleMania, 10 times at Survivor Series, and 13 for uh, Raw um hey did you know i we need that the more you know music
3: yes absolutely (laughs) well i'm gonna ask you what you can i mean this is completely up to you obviously so what was there ever a champion that you weren't so happy with i guess um, you know, you saw them. You thought, well, maybe they'd be good, or maybe you never even thought of them of, as being a champion. But then they become champion, and you were just not too happy about it. Uh, man. I right mean, up. I could, I can, I can give you mine straight off the bat if you'd like. And yes, then, please. Yes. Okay, I'm going to say that when the Miz won the WWE Championship, that was a dark day in the history of not only professional wrestling but in my life as a whole as well um Miz is good at what he does and all of that but i just did not see him main eventing wrestlemania in a program with the rock and john cena and becoming the wwe champion i just didn't think it was worth it and uh, there were a lot of good people back then that i think were maybe more deserving of that title
1: Wow, that's a it's a very <laughs> a very good answer. Um, I'm trying to think. Let me go back a little. Oh, okay. I, I, I'll 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 give you an old school answer, uh, and a lot of people might even hate me who who love this old school. But uh, Bob Backlund when he okay. had, when he had it, it later in his later in his career uh, when you know like when Diesel beat him as a kid watching it, I was like, why is this guy the champion? But at the time, like I didn't know his history. I didn't know who he was. He was just this doofy white guy jumping around, acting like a you know, crazy. Um, and when he won it, it was just like, why is that? You know, it almost seemed like the downfall to the WWE at that time to me. Uh, but like I said, going into this, I didn't know who Backlund was. I didn't know his history. I just knew what he was on TV at that time. Uh, so I was kind of actually happy when uh, uh, Diesel beat him. It, which was actually one of the shortest championship matches in history uh, against Bob Backlund um, to, to win it. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely go with Bob Backlund on that one.
3: Okay, Steve, we've been talking a lot about the championships today. My question to you is, back when there was Raw and SmackDown, they were both a separate brand, there was the WWE Championship and there was the World Heavyweight Championship. Do you think that the WWE should split again and have like a draft and all that stuff and have two separate championships. Or do you like that there's only one undisputed championship right now?
1: Uh, I actually like that. There's just one champion right now. Um, you know, I, 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 it definitely needs that brand split because there's just a plethora of guys out there right now. There's too many guys. Uh, you know, in the fold for all this action going on. But I mean, like your champion could be on every show. Uh, I don't want to see each show have its own championship. What I would like to see is like, you know, every champion could be on every show or the the WWE champion could be on every show. And then like, you know, for WWE at least, like you have SmackDown would just be like for the IC belt or, you know, um, you know the main event could be just for the US belt. Or or things like that, you know what I mean. To where you can kind of brand all your other shows to the other belts uh, and other divisions, but you have that champion, the WWE champion, on every show. At the time when they had the World Heavyweight Championship and then the WWE Heavyweight Championship, it it worked like that. But I wouldn't want to, you know, separate the belts again like that. And you know, I I think it would only I I would only want you know one champion as it is right now. And I think they have it in a good spot right now. So we keep talking about the WWE championship. And as we get to the, to, to the end of the show, I just want to maybe one more factoid for everybody. Uh, what superstar has had the most WWE title reigns?
3: Boo. Um, this gentleman, it would used to be the nature boy, Ric Flair. Uh, well, I guess it still is the nature boy, Ric Flair overall championship, uh, reigns, but As far as the WWE is concerned, John Cena has won the championship 15
1: times. Yikes. Uh, Crazy, guys. He is close to beating Ric Flair's record right now. What do you think about that? Tweet us let us know a at a wrestling pod, uh, crazy facts about the world heavyweight championship. Jonathan, I know we could just keep going on and on about reading facts, but you know, we just kind of wanted to get into a little bit of it. Cause we're only at episode 50, Jonathan. We're just scraping the surface of us, of this championship to where maybe at episode 100, we can delve even further into this prestigious title. What do you say?
3: Yeah, I think so. I, I want to hear from you guys. Tell us who your favorite champions were, who the worst champions were, um, we do this show for you. We are fans just like you, so just get get involved. I guess that's the the main point that I have to say is let's let's keep going uh here's to fifty and fifty more, Steve.
1: That's right, Jonathan. Crazy, crazy 50 episodes. Guys, uh, I want to reinstate this factoid about us to where, guys, if you're listening for the first time today, uh, you can go back to episode 1 through 49 right now and listen to it. Because why, Jonathan?
3: We are unlike any other show out there right now. We do not, and I have to say this every time, um, we are not just a recap show. You just watched Raw tonight you just watched SmackDown, you just watched TNA, Ring of Honor, whatever, we're not going to just tell you about what you just watched because why you, you just watched it. So (laughs) what we are going to do are talk about topics and things that you guys want to talk about. So that's why it's important to tweet us at a wrestling pod, like us on Facebook, follow us in our cars, wherever you're at. Just let us know what you think and what you want to talk about because We're we're up for the challenge. I'm ready to talk wrestling with all of you, and I know Steve is as well. So let's get some good things going. And I, I mentioned it earlier in the show, we will be at New England Fan Fest. So I'm hoping to meet a lot of you
1: on that day. Community Calendar. Alright guys, for everybody listening to the show tonight, head on over to NortheastWrestling.com. There's great shows coming up down the line on May 23rd. We have the Big Bethany Bash in Bethany, Connecticut. It followed by June 27th in Bethany, Connecticut, another great show by Northeast Wrestling. But, Jonathan, one of the biggest shows around coming to the area on August 1st is Wrestling Under the Stars 4 in Fishkill, New York. You are going to see the Hardy Boys, Alberto El Patron, Velvet Sky, Mickey James, The Young Bucks, the Northeast Wrestling Champion, Matt Taven, Brian Anthony, and also Ray Mysterio Jr., Jonathan, it's going to be a great show. It's at Dutchess Stadium in Fishgill, New York. Guys, head on over to northeastwrestling.com. Buy your tickets today. They're only $20. Uh, we will be there live. Uh, so, hey, what better reason to buy the tickets than to see Jonathan and me, right? Absolutely.
3: And like Steve said, you know, we're, we're going all over the place. If you follow us on social media, you'll be able to see where we're going to be. And uh, you'll get some special behind the scenes photos maybe and things that you won't necessarily get unless you follow us on all of our platforms of social media thank you for listening today each and every week we create something for you to listen to
1: and it's absolutely free
3: you know we are the wrestling fans podcast because after all we are fans as
1: well that's right and help us out by subscribing to our shows on iTunes. While you're there, you can rate us and give us a good review. If you're looking for any more
3: AWP, then head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com
1: to find out about upcoming guests and where we may pop up. That's right, so be sure and like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, and buy an official AWP t-shirt from prowrestlingtees.com slash Wrestling podcast.
3: We couldn't do this show without you, so tune in next week for
1: (sighs) Another Wrestling Podcast.